Today on Grubstakers, we're discussing the lifestyles of the rich and famous with very special guest, Matt Chrisman. So get ready because it's the Jeffrey Epstein episode. Get lost, please. Thank you. I can tell you that every job has its ups and downs, and a union can't change that fact. I mean, it is the magic elixir of our of our age and of all ages. What it does for prostate cancer is amazing. You got two hundred million dollar profit. And you didn't have to pay any tax. Isn't that true? Listen, it's, it's is that true or not? Yes or it no? Is, you do not pay a profit when someone a, a, a tax when someone Maybe makes you sell assets. For you, become secretary of treasury, so you didn't have to pay the tax there. Oh. <laughs> Hello, welcome back again to Grubstakers, the podcast about billionaires. I'm Sean P. McCarthy. I'm here. I'm joined as always by my good friends. Yogi Polywall. Andy Palmer. Steve Jeffries. And uh, this week we, we got a really special episode and we got a really special guest and uh, we're, we're, there's no one else we would rather have here with us to explore the life of one Jeffrey Epstein. We are, <laughs> we are joined from, uh, from my favorite podcast, Chapo Trap House. Matt Christman is here. Uh, good to be here, guys. Hi, thanks for the invite. Love talking Epstein. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Matt, we want to thank you for agreeing to come and gaze into the abyss with us. Yeah. He's, you guys said, hey, you guys want to talk about a billionaire? And I'm like, I guess. And they say, we haven't done Epstein yet. And I was like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be uh, an honor to share a, uh unmarked grave with you. <laughs> <laughs> And like, you know, so many listeners will be familiar with kind of the broad strokes of the Jeffrey Epstein case. He's a powerful either billionaire or multimillionaire. We don't know. But he has heavy political and business connections. He receives an extremely lenient plea for just countless counts of child molestation, rape, trafficking. Uh, And then the plea just happens to immunize quote, any potential co-conspirators, unquote. Uh, and there, you know, and then there's been a big effort to kind of shine light on what happened here recently, both through the press and through civil suits. And so I think like within the next five to 10 years, either a bunch of new information comes out that proves, you know, Pizzagate is real or this case totally disappears and gets buried forever, which also proves Pizzagate is real. <laughs> So, you know, it's it's just something to watch, but it is kind of horrifying to just do research about. Well, yeah, like looking into this guy, it got to the point where I would not be surprised if he ordered Stanley Kubrick murdered. <laughs> <laughs> Make it eyes wide shut. Like that's every single thing like that I find out, every new thing I find out about this guy just gets weirder and weirder. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, and I already knew he was like a serial rapist, but then each new detail, it gets more insane. Right. And so, you know, Virginia Roberts is, is one of the identified people, but there's also Jane Doe's that have made these sworn affidavits saying essentially Epstein uh, trafficked them out to businessmen, politicians, other powerful people. He asked them to, you know, gather information on these people. Police, when they raided his home in Palm Beach, found, you know, hitting cameras, hitting recording devices. So it's it's Some not they installed themselves. Yes. It's not hard to stretch the imagination to say uh, yeah, and Epstein, in fact, told Virginia Roberts that he was doing this quote because he wanted to have something over these people it's it's not hard to imagine that there's maybe videotape of people who just don't want that out there mm-hmm. makes sense mm-hmm. the other thing that they found when they t- searched his house was one of the girls uh high school uh um report cards right yes so that's nice <laughs> that he keeps those things <laughs> report cards yeah what an odd victory piece yeah 
Jeez. Well, you know, he likes to keep track on them, make sure that they're they're doing good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He really he he offers to help them get into NYU. Really? Yeah. yeah. Your grades have really fallen since you started coming to give me massages. <laughs> You're not going to get into the current institute with this Eddie. Is, is anything going Eddie. on with your personal life? <laughs> you should talk to the guidance counselor. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so this, and this is a federal non-prosecution agreement. We'll kind of, we'll circle back to it. Actually, um, one thing real quick is that yeah. w- one interesting thing is like part of this all fell apart because of a guidance counselor. Um, really? Yeah. There's this girl, Mary, where, uh, she started, uh, having trouble at school and then she talked to a guidance counselor and they found like hundreds of dollars in her wallet. Oh. And eventually that led them to Epstein and it's Palm beach. They found money in her wallet. Like well, like what? It yeah, fell, I, it I, fell out of her hand and money through. I, I don't know the details of like why they were going through a wallet, but it was, yeah. Huh. And it's just something where, so yeah, like you know, there are these uh, these other women who are like allegedly sex slaves. One of them is alleged that Epstein. I think he Epstein himself said that he like bought this woman from her parents. I think in Estonia or somewhere in Eastern Europe when she was fourteen. But these, like, you know, uh, young adult women who were in the house with him who would lead these girls upstairs, and, and, you know, it's all horrible. But essentially, you know, there were those co-conspirators who were uh, immunized as part of this federal non-prosecution agreement. But again, uh, according to the Miami Herald, long piece, uh, quote, any potential co-conspirators were also immunized as part of this, this federal thing. And then, of course, you have, as many people are aware, Bill Clinton is on the flight logs having taken 26 trips on this Lolita Express. Carpooling. That's, yes. that's nothing crazy. They're <laughs> yeah. just hanging out, this, you know? This, this plane, uh, including to, you know, uh, Jeffrey Epstein's little St. James Island. Uh, apparently on some of these trips, he, he ditched his Secret Service detail for some of them, which it doesn't prove anything. But Lolita Express was, by the way, a name given to it by the locals in, I believe, the Bahamas. Mm-hmm. The, uh, the U.S. Virgin Islands. U.S. Virgin Islands. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess presumably because they saw so many young women coming out of this plane that that became a nickname amongst the locals. Uh, the fact that he uh, painted it uh, yellow and black, I think, was <laughs> a little on the nose. Uh, and so there was like, um, we did a, for research for this, actually, James Patterson is, uh, you know, speaking of billionaires, the second richest author in the world. He's almost more of a brand at this point. You know, he just kind of throws his name on things that uh, he co-authors with people, according to like one um, uh, linguist. Like the majority of his books are not actually written by him. They're written by his co-authors. <laughs> um, but uh, James Patterson, he holds the Guinness record for number one New York Times bestsellers. Uh, again, second richest off- author after J.K. Rowling. But the important thing is he wrote this book, or John Connolly and Tim Malloy wrote this book. <laughs> I think he uh, wrote the first chapter because it's fucking awful. Yes. <laughs> and then the rest of it sounds like it, it, it like comes across as written by real journalists. Right. But the first one, it's it, it reads like whoever was writing it was like, here's the story of a child rapist and the details of how he got caught, but I should sex it up. <laughs> And so it's got these awful phrases, like he describes like the victim's apple round butt. Oh no! Um, and it it just horrific. don't get horny when you're describing. <laughs> yeah. I think that's just literary rule number one. Yeah, yeah. Apple round. That's how. That's the words that they use. Apple round butt cheeks. That's Boots weird. with the fur. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the song came out right before he started writing. He also describes uh, a victim. Uh, when Epstein walks in shirtless as uh, being ripped like the jocks at her school. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but so this book, um, uh, it, it gives kind of an overview of the case, but it is just kind of curious because uh, some people might be aware, James Patterson, who again writes this book on Jeffrey Epstein, would go on to write the book, co-write the book, The President is Missing with Bill Clinton. And also, incidentally, he co-wrote a children's book, uh, quote, Give Please a Chance with Bill O'Reilly in 2016. <laughs> Give uh, Please a Chance? Yes. That's terrible. But it is interesting. The book just kind of like uh, the uh, James Patterson book, Filthy Rich, it kind of brushes over Bill Clinton. He's mentioned briefly. Like there's kind of like one sentence, which is, um, uh, Bill, uh, I mean, there's a couple, but one of them is um, Bill Clinton, Kevin Spacey, and Chris Tucker all flew to Africa on Jeffrey Epstein's plane with Jeffrey Epstein. And that's just left there as a sentence with no follow-up. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> that is the one flight I would like to get the recording. <laughs> what did they talk about, those three? He was dressed up like Fifth Element. <laughs> Chris Tucker talking to a 13-year-old Estonian. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? <laughs> I really don't. Um, but so, yes. Uh, so, you know, I don't know why James Patterson would write a book about Jeffrey Epstein and then go on to write a book with Bill Clinton. But, you know, in, in fairness, given James Patterson's reputation, it is very possible he has not actually read this book. Sure, <laughs> yeah. sure, yeah. Well, the 26 flights were left out of his book. Yes, uh, they did not mention. There was That's the thing. It's like Chris Tucker one time went to Africa. It's like, all right, he doesn't necessarily know what's going on. Right. Yeah. Come on, 26 times, get mm-hmm. out of here. Christ. Yeah, and uh, for her part, Virginia Roberts has said, uh, and again, other Jane Does have said this, Jeffrey Epstein was receiving two or three, quote, massages a day. And again, a massage was code word for molesting, abusing young children. Uh, he was receiving two or three of these a day, and, and uh, Virginia Roberts has said, essentially, anyone who spent any significant amount of time of Jeff- with Jeffrey Epstein would be aware of what's going on. Uh, so, you know, it's hard to get around these things. But I guess we should just kind of go through uh, the case and uh, what we know of Jeffrey Epstein's biography, and then we can just kind of return to the the larger questions here but you know in addition to like jane doe testimony from like virginia roberts or jane doe testimony virginia roberts there's also you know like housekeepers at jeffrey epstein's house uh, in palm beach this was uh, between 2001 2006 they testified that you know he would have these two or three massages a day afterwards they would often be asked to clean dirty sex toys and these kinds of things you know children coming in and out of the house um and epstein of course like uh Throughout this uh, Florida investigation, he put private detectives on both the police investigating him, the states and federal attorneys. Uh, he put them on witnesses. You know, there'd be cars tailing them. and The victims' families were tailed by cars to the point where uh, other drivers would be run off the road by the private investigators tailing victims' parents. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people would run these oh. plates, and, of course, they would come up as private investigators. Mm-hmm. So, again, you know, lots of power, lots of influence, but I I guess we can just kind of start from the beginning here, which is what we know about Jeffrey Epstein. Essentially, he was born in 1953 in Brooklyn. On his mother's side, his parents were Lithuanian refugees. They fled Hitler. Um, His father... Uh, his grandparents on his father's side came from um, uh, from Russia. His father grew up in Crown Heights. Uh, Jeff's grandparents apparently owned like a house wrecking company. Hmm. I guess they would knock down houses. You True. Know? And uh, but his dad, Jeffrey Epstein's dad, worked for the city parks department, in New York City. 
Jeffrey grows up on Coney Island. He graduates from Lafayette High School in 1969, which is in Gravesend, South Brooklyn. And uh, if you go to the Wikipedia page Mm -hmm. for Lafayette High School, would you like to guess who is not listed as a notable (laughs) alumni? Uh, Sandy Koufax, Larry King, Steve Sharippa are all on there on another notable alumni, but there is one peculiar absence. <laughs> oh, Larry King went there. Yeah. Um, I can also think of another famous person who grew up uh, in uh, South Brooklyn Jewish community and portrayed it as being in Coney Island in the movie Annie Hall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, interesting. Um, after Jeffrey Epstein was released in, from prison, uh, people who attended a dinner party uh, at his apartment in New York, this is again after he's been publicly outed right, as a right. sex predator, uh, Woody Allen, Chelsea Handler, Charlie Rose, Tate Couric... <laughs> George Stephanopoulos. <laughs> and all come together for a huge party. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, these One are, last big bash. <laughs> these are the people who hold the powerful accountable. Yeah, they really grilled him at the dinner. Yeah, <laughs> right, sure. right, right. We couldn't see it. That's yeah, like, where did this swordfish come from? <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, you know, so he graduates Lafayette High School. He's kind of recognized as a math prodigy from a young age. Jeffrey Epstein is. Um, he briefly attends Cooper Union. He attends NYU, but he leaves without a degree. But despite not drops ha- out, yeah, he drops out. Despite not having a degree, in 1973, he's able to get a job teaching math and physics at uh, Dalton Academy, which is like an elite one percenter K-12 private school. Hmm. So he's teaching math and physics. It's on the Upper East Side. It's still in existence today, and there's still like you know New York Times articles about how stressed you know the the elites are about getting their children into it. For you know, he was the inspiration for the police song "Don't Stand So Close to Me." (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so basically, he gets this job teaching math and physics at Dalton in 1973, and this is essentially his connection to the one percent. This is what gives him the networking in that he needs to make himself very wealthy. Um, uh, You know, he grows up, let's say, middle class, but. Either through the son or the daughter, he meets a guy named uh, Alan C. Greenberg, who was the CEO of Bear Stearns from 1978 to 1993. I'm pretty sure he's the guy who, in uh, The Big Short, is the one who's on stage talking about how great Bear Stearns stock is while it collapses. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I looked up his picture, and uh, it's like... I'm pretty sure the actor is portraying that guy. Yes. In 1976, Bear Stearns hires Jeffrey Epstein and then is cursed by history forever. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yes, so Jeffrey Epstein is hired uh, by Bear Stearns as an option trader in 1976. Uh, He later works in the special products division, which is basically advising wealthy clients on tax avoidance strategies. And uh, as been, you know, mentioned on this podcast and other places, you know, when in 1980, when Reagan came in, the highest marginal tax rate was 70 percent. So essentially, tax avoidance was a very lucrative thing. You could charge people a lot if you could say, hey, pay me this and you'll still pay less than what you would pay the federal government. So he works on tax avoidance uh, and he's actually made a limited partner in Bear Stearns in uh, 1980, which is, again, extremely lucrative. But just a year later, he leaves Bear Stearns. And then this is kind of a a weird story where we don't know all the details, but there's an allegation that uh, Epstein might have been involved in an insider trade here. (gasps) What? Uh, Yes. We are going to nail Jeffrey Epstein (laughs) for insider trading on this podcast. 
but so so basically, um, there's a in in 1981. I uh, thought he was going to be the one billionaire who made all of his money legitimately <laughs> <laughs> through hard work and gumption. Yeah, and he Boot just drums. got brought down by his uh, his vice. That's right. It was completely unrelated. Mm-hmm. So it was because of social democracy that he got his first job in tax avoidance strategy. <laughs> <laughs> the problem the with the Dems gave him his start. The, the so. problem, the real problem with the Swedish model. <laughs> Um, but so basically what happens in, uh, in March uh, 1981 is uh, the Seagram Company places a bid for St. Joe Minerals Corp. It's a hostile takeover. And, uh, th- you know, th- they talk about this in like the book Den of Thieves and, and all this other stuff. But essentially like throughout the 80s and I would imagine continuing to today, uh, insider trading was endemic in Wall Street where anyone who had knowledge of a deal would either have their own Cayman Islands account and they would trade on that deal or they would just, you know, give their friend a tip and say, hey, buy this stock and we'll split the profits later, you know. So basically what happens here is um, right after this hostile takeover is launched, the SEC starts investigating and Jeffrey Epstein has to admit, yeah, I lent my friend $20,000 to buy stock, but I didn't know what he would do with it, you know. <laughs> and um, I just gave him twenty grand in a note. What he did with that, that was his own accord. Right. And so the SEC doesn't charge anybody, but they do ask Epstein if he was like, asked to like not say anything about potentially other Bear Stearns people were involved in this insider trade, if his bonus was dependent on it. And, you know, he, of course, says no, but he walks away with about $100,000 bonus, you know, wow. after like not ratting on anybody. Right, right. So we don't know. But that's just kind of the end of his time at, at Bear Stearns. And it doesn't really make sense that he would leave right after making limited partner, which is, of course, again, extremely lucrative hmm. to go from like a salaried employee to a partner at one of these firms. But that's basically the story of Jeffrey Epstein's at Bear Stearns. He goes and he meets, he sets up like what's called International Assets Group, where he claims to help billionaires with tax avoidance strategies. Um, But he also says in a deposition he spends 80% of his time assisting people recover uh, stolen money from fraudulent brokers and lawyers. Uh, So we don't really know how well he's actually doing throughout this time. But he does meet this guy, Stephen Hoffenberg. And Stephen Hoffenberg is the CEO and founder of Towers Financial. And Towers Financial was a company that would essentially, it would buy debts like unpaid medical bills at discount and then harass debtors for full repayment, you know. What year is this? Uh, He meets him in 1987. Gotcha. Yeah. So, you know, these classic uh, uh, productive uses of the resources of the economy. Uh, So we're doing a lot of um, background. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to just break this up for a second. Of course. Truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth to help you guys. Yes, I do. Could you please give us your name? Jeffrey Epstein. Is it true, sir, that um, you have what's been described as an egg-shaped penis? Warm, vague, and definite, and I'm going to give you the first warning, Mr. Cuban. You'd think he'd at least plead the fifth. Oh, his his lawyer's doing the plea. Oh, that's what he's doing there. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Epstein, if you continue with this type of question, I'll adjourn the deposition. (laughs) Sir, according to the police department's probable cause affidavit, uh, one witness described your penis as oval-shaped and claimed when erect it was thick towards the bottom, but was thin and small towards the head portion. And called it egg-shaped. Those are not my words. I apologize. But as Mr. Now as Mr. Critton has stated, that this is a. All right. 
I'm willing to continue. I'm taking that as a yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking that as an, oh. as an admission of yeah. X-shaped dick. Yeah. <laughs> I like how the the SVU based on this was worse. <laughs> <laughs> Not nearly as interesting. Yeah, there's definitely an SVU, and in the um, audio book from the James Patterson thing, you can hear the guy uh, who's reading it trying uh-huh. to decide whether he wants to do an ice. Uh, Ice tea impression. <laughs> <laughs> Man, egg shake. I don't think there's anything else worse than you can call someone else's dick. It's deformed, and apparently he can't get a full erection. They call the penises egg shaped. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of them egg shaped dicks. <laughs> like a traffic cone <laughs> that blew a gasket. <laughs> I didn't in the know, factory. I didn't know Mike Tyson was on SVU. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't watch any SVU. I can't. Yeah, but so, uh, and basically, like, I mean, and, and to just kind of, like, finish the background here, essentially, we're, we're wondering about, nobody really knows how Epstein got his money. I, uh, but uh, essentially, this guy is Stephen Hoffenberg. He has this, you know. Well, here's, here's a description uh, from the book. What did he tell you he does for a living? What he specifically told me when I asked him the first time was, oh, I'm a brain scientist. And I said, what the fuck is a brain scientist? I was like, that's not a real job. Tell me the truth. But anyway, his explanation was, it's my job to know how people's brains work. And I said, whatever the fuck that means, whatever. That's from so the audiobook? That's from mm-hmm. the audiobook. Wow. Yeah, that's just like the type of thing that he would tell his victims. Is, yeah, I'm a brain scientist. Uh, I'm a. I'm just. Uh, I just know how people work. He's a brain chef. He's yeah. a brain genius. He's a brain genius. Yeah. I mean, that's that's kind of also why I think that he made a lot of his money uh, from Swindling extortion. People, yeah. Uh, I mean, also, I think he's just kind of like the Pizzagate pimp. Is he? Uh, I, I mean, a lot of his his financial dealings get murkier after uh, Bear Stearns. Right. And I think, but that's also around the time when he clearly uh, really starts branching out on his pedophilia mm-hmm. and also pimping out children to powerful people. Like he, he will explicitly tell uh, women, and this has come from the deposition, to uh, come back to him and explain what um, the people that, uh, what these guys would want. Uh, what they liked to do in bed, all these kinds of things. Like he would want all the details of that, and he would keep like meticulous lists of names, and he would brag that he has connections with powerful people. Mm. And uh, other people who knew him said he didn't know shit about investing; that he would hire people to do it. And so my guess is that a lot of uh, the money he made was basically he would get a lot of powerful people on the line for um or just basically get a lot of blackmail material yeah we'd learn how people like to fuck and then tell them that hey i'll tell people that this is how you like to fuck unless you give me money or not even money uh tips yeah Yeah. let me give me stuff that i can do insider trading with right Right. yeah 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 i mean and that's like something we've we've talked about is essentially like the business model of a lot of wall street or, or whatever else is just leveraging connections to government and powerful people which of course gives you information about what's about to happen that you can trade on which is valuable yeah but yeah like just on that point like forbes wrote some article which was essentially like jeffrey epstein is not a billionaire because that's that's, <laughs> that's their the racket. only thing that matters yeah. Yeah. Their racket. we have the uh, list he's not on it <laughs> 
Um, but so basically they were saying like as part of discovery and there's these court cases, the, the lawyers for the victims tried to find out Jeffrey Epstein's net worth, you know, of course, to get damages. And Jeffrey Epstein's lawyers would come back and all they would admit was like it was above nine figures, you know, I think was their quote. And again, like he was. Sorry about that, guys. Yeah, no worries. He, he, uh, Epstein was at least involved in like a tax avoidance strategy. So, of course, a lot of his money's offshore. But the the point was essentially like even if he's not like technically a billionaire, I'm sure the the photographs that he have would have a market value close <laughs> yeah, to yeah, right, right, right. yeah, if that came, if that lot came up at Sotheby's, <laughs> <laughs> there'd be a hell of a bidding war. <laughs> People well, laundering money through the photographs. <laughs> well, a lot of the names that came out came out because his uh, I guess they're called housemen, mm-hmm. uh, just like head butler. Uh, when he left Jeffrey, uh, stopped working for Jeffrey Epstein, he took a bunch of documents with names on them, and he said it was just to make sure he wouldn't disappear. <laughs> and then no one wanted to hire him uh, after they found out, after uh, Epstein got um, convicted, and then you have Jeffrey Epstein's uh, houseman on your resume. No one wanted to hire him, so he tried, yeah. he tried to sell the names um, to a lawyer involved in a lawsuit for $50,000. And uh, it eventually just turned out that it, by not giving those names to police, he was withholding evidence and he went to jail. But the names got out and they included... The papers also included the names, addresses, and phone numbers of famous individuals. Henry Kissinger, Mick Jagger, Dustin Hoffman, Ray Fiennes, David Koch, Ted Kennedy, Donald Trump, Bill Richardson, Bill Clinton, and former Israeli Prime Minister Ehud Barak among them. Bill Richardson's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, and so, yeah, this is, like, just kind of, like, the addresses that he had. Though, apparently, like, the Bill Clinton one had, like, 20 different pieces of contact information just <laughs> so he could, like, reach him at any time. Wow. And, you know, like, and it is just kind of something where we, we, we talked about this. Um, we, we did a, an episode on, like, David Koch and the Koch brothers, and, mm-hmm. like, it's some grand scheme of things. You know, maybe they're more evil, like, they're essentially d- doing a mass extinction event <laughs> and, you know, covering it up and these kinds of things. But... Like, researching Epstein, it's so much more visceral and horrifying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then you find out that David Koch is in his address book, and you're like, yeah, oh, right, he's doing that, right. too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Allegedly. Allegedly. Yeah. But interesting note on that is that, yeah, so his housekeeper, Epstein's housekeeper, takes this address book as evidence uh, so he doesn't disappear. And another running theme in the book is how many people seem to think they're going to disappear <laughs> if, uh, <laughs> if they testify against him. The thing but, about, I just want to say, the yeah, thing about uh, the Koch brothers and, and uh, Epstein and how, you know, one of them is this flamboyant pedophile and the other one you just think of as this quiet psycho, mm-hmm. but who also might be doing it. Uh, the uh, basically it boils the question. There's two terms that they th- use to describe billionaires: eccentric and reclusive. <laughs> <laughs> and it basically boils down to how flagrant their pedophilia is. <laughs> like, do they have their own private island where they do it, or is there a subterranean vault on their ranch? Do they do they invite people over, or do they keep it to themselves? And that's who the difference between reclusive and eccentric. Yeah. Um, but so, uh, we, we mentioned, so this housekeeper who stole the address book, he was like, uh, the house man. Yeah. The house man. He was charged by the FBI with extortion cause he was trying to get like 50,000 for this, uh, and withholding it from the FBI cause he didn't tell them about it in the original investigation. He serves 18 months, which is longer, <laughs> longer than Jeffrey Epstein. Of course. And he had uh, to be in jail the whole time. Yes. And uh, whereas Epstein was allowed to go home on a work uh, release yeah. six days a week. 
He couldn't go to his regular job and do insider trading and then come back. <laughs> yeah. Right. Six days a week? Six and that week. was against the explicit rules of the sheriff's department that did not allow sex offenders to get furloughed. <laughs> not, I, I mean, he, they were explicit. That's, that was a thing you could do for certain crimes, but the crimes he was convicted of were ones you were not allowed to do it with, but he did it anyway for wow. some reason. Somehow. Don't know. Yeah. Weird. Oversight. <laughs> yeah, the whole, the whole conviction uh, process is so so shady um it's it it that like the chief of police i guess there were no videos of him uh and so he conducted it the way that you're supposed to conduct a um a, a case where you have a serial uh rapist and then the state attorney was uh, at first he was pretty gung-ho until he heard the name and <laughs> he immediately started backing down and um so i guess uh sorry i'm I'm getting ahead of uh what's what's actually going on so uh essentially what happened is epstein he had this house in palm beach florida and what he would do is he would uh have young women or girls he would have underage girls come and then he would pay them two hundred dollars for a quote massage where he would basically make them get naked and uh, he would jerk off to all kinds of disgusting things. And then he uh, would also say that they could make a hundred dollars or he would pay them $200 and then an extra hundred dollars for each thing that they would do. And he would also say that there's money in it for you. If you can bring me new girls. Ugh. So he's who, recruiting with them. Yeah. He's right. recruiting. Mm. And he's also it's like Amway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He would instruct them that they should be girls who um, are inexperienced and are uh, going to need the $200 and are unlikely to go to the authorities. Um, eventually, this all came crashing down. I wonder if this has any relation to the economic system we live under. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you, if you do the math, because uh, I, was, I, was, I was running the numbers in my head, and if you're a millionaire mm-hmm. and you pay someone uh, $200, that is the equivalent of having $1,000 in the bank and paying someone dimes. Mm-hmm. If you're a billionaire and you pay someone two hundred dollars that's fractions of thousands of cents to you that's how much he's paying so he's paying them the the money he's, he's literally nickeling and diming them uh fractions of fractions of nickels and dimes and it the reason he's paying these amounts is so that they'll come back to him like mm-hmm. he's not paying them so much right that they're like one and done uh and of course the reason he got caught is because he was doing this with hundreds of girls oh yeah it's insane. um and so uh, the police do a very thorough investigation. They get several witnesses. Um, Epstein catches went halfway through the investigation and uh, starts basically doing all these things that we mentioned with the private investigators. Um, and then once it gets to the state attorney, that's when things get really weird because um, the state attorney kind of starts backing down to the point where the chief of police contacts the FBI. Jim Acosta gets involved. Um and Alex Acosta uh, is the current oh. labor secretary <laughs> under Donald Trump. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Alex Acosta. Sorry. <laughs> Jim's brother. Oh. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what I'm saying. I'm not qualified. Uh, that's, that's why they think Trump's coming after the pedophiles <laughs> because of his abuse of Jim Acosta. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, and then the state attorney at this time is a guy named Barry Kreishner, interestingly enough, was accused in 1992 of groping a subordinate. Um, but he's like a par- unrelated. I'm yes. Sure. It tries to get uh, Epstein off with even a misdemeanor. But um, but but we're kind of jumping ahead. I did just want to say two other things and then we, we, we can kind of get into this. 
Um, so one other thing we mentioned this um, the the house manager uh, served 18 months longer than Epstein just unrelated um, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with these people Matt but um, Cher- uh, Sherry Jacobus was apparently a columnist for USA Today and the Hill and she tweeted at Michael Capo- Caputo or something she tweeted at him in J- July 2018 quote are your daughters ugly like you or can Trump use them at the Epstein parties so they can survive when you're broke bitter alone and in prison for treason question mark and she tweeted this at him and she was fired by usa today and the hill and i just wanted to to also highlight that um alan dershowitz has not been fired by the hill <laughs> so in addition to the the manager doing more time just men, <laughs> trolling people with epstein stuff is also a, a greater offense right. <laughs> but um i, I did just want to like uh, finish the the background stuff, and then we we, we finish out with the the, the horrible, uh, inevitable conclusion of all this. Basically, uh, Epstein in '87, he gets hired by this guy Stephen Hoffenberg. Uh, Hoffenberg pays him about twenty five thousand a month for consulting. Uh, according to uh, the uh, a Vanity Fair article, they engage in a variety of financial schemes, uh, including price manipulations, uh, like straw investing, where um, uh, uh, Epstein will make investments with money from undisclosed Swiss accounts, you know, no criminal charges. But in 1995, Hoffenberg pleads guilty to a $460 million Ponzi scheme. He's sentenced to 19 years in prison, and he actually tells a, a journalist, I believe in the James Patterson book, essentially why Epstein didn't go to prison for this is you'll have to ask the U.S. attorney. And he alleges that um, the assistant U.S. attorney, Robert Gold, kept the investigation away from Epstein until the statute of limitations ran out uh, and Epstein had previously helped the U.S. attorney recover money. We, we don't know how true that all is, but the important thing is in 1989, Epstein meets probably the most important person in his life, his billionaire, uh, Leslie Wexner. Leslie Wexner is the founder of L Brands, which owns Victoria's Secret, as well as Bath and Body Works. Uh, Epstein begins managing his money, 1989. Uh, Leslie Wexner buys Epstein his $13 million NYC home, which is apparently one of the largest private residences mm-hmm. in Manhattan. Wow. Um, there's like a weird story of um, Epstein. Let's go there after this. Yeah. So they're like, uh, they, uh, according to Vanity Fair, Wexner trusts Epstein so completely that he has assigned to him the power of fiduciary over all of his private trusts and foundations. Um, you know, so he's like totally in control of his money. They go everywhere together. There's a story in this book that's really weird where Leslie Wexner gets married and then uh, he goes to Epstein to sign the, uh, the prenuptial and Epstein gets him to sign it on the uh, bare chest of a Sports Illustrated swimsuit model <laughs> as a way of being like, hey, this is what you're missing right, out right. when you're getting married. You know, just this kind of weird shit. But the important thing here is that it's through um, Leslie Wexner's ownership of Victoria's Secret that uh, Jeffrey Epstein gets access to essentially hiring power or power within the Victoria's Secret catalog. Like, as far as I've been able to tell, the earliest accusation is 1997. He's accused of groping a woman in a California hotel who he said, I can get you a job with the Victoria's Secret catalog. And essentially there. And um, though, you know, Leslie Wexner, of course, took all of the pictures of Epstein out of his home after 2008. <laughs> so I, I'm sure he has no involvement there. And then, like, 
the other thing that happens is he meets uh, Jesseline Maxwell. Do you, uh, yeah, do you familiar with Robert Maxwell, uh, Matt? No, I don't think so. So Robert Maxwell, like I guess maybe British listeners might be more familiar. He's kind of infamous over there. But so basically, he was a, um, a a billionaire media baron in the United Kingdom. His body washed up in 1991. Uh, <laughs> he. F- <laughs> he he found out he fell either fell or jumped or was pushed off his yacht. Essentially, he was a, a, a major media baron in the United Kingdom. But after he died, it came out that he had looted hundreds of millions of pounds from his employees' pensions oh, wow. and used them to pump up the stock price in his empire, which of course you know goes back to him. So this is how Jesseline Maxwell, his daughter, becomes rich: is you know stealing hundreds of millions out right, of employees' right. pensions. But the important thing is after her father's dies, she moves in 1991 to NYC. She briefly becomes lovers with Jeffrey Epstein. And then according to these sworn affidavits, starts procuring young girls for him. Like Victoria Roberts, we've mentioned. uh, In in Epstein's words, she's upgraded to his best friend. (laughs) 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 Yeah, so there's like a Vanity Fair article that was written before all this came out. And if you read it with hindsight, it's extremely creepy. Yeah. Because, yes, he gives that quote there. Yeah, and in the Vanity Fair article, um, uh, the Patterson book goes over this. Um, they do, the original article had details of Epstein's, um, his, his abuse uh, from what, they, what was known in 2003. Then Epstein showed up at Vanity Fair offices, uh, more or less threatened them, and they had to uh, cut all of that stuff from the article. And you could see if, when you read the article... That it's a long article. There, every section is, you know, several several right, paragraphs right. long, and then the one about uh, Jeffrey Epstein's, you know, quote affinity for young women is only two paragraphs long. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, but yeah, so it's like through Jeslyn Maxwell. It's two paragraphs long. Like he left that in even after cussing them out. Uh, I mean, they cut out all the stuff that was. Um, it was just like he likes younger women. Oh wow! Yeah. But uh, through Je- gross. through Jeslyn Maxwell, um, uh, Jeffrey Epstein meets the British royal family, which is this is where the Lyndon LaRouche oh, conspiracy wow. theory comes in, that the British family is directing all of this. <laughs> that's like, uh, yeah, that's like when Superman and Batman formed the <laughs> Justice League. There, oh man, that's like that's like that's like when Cal L finds Earth's yellow sun and gains his powers, <laughs> getting next to the fucking British royal family. Ugh. Those people know how to do pedophilia, yeah. folks. <laughs> like a thousand years straight. <laughs> They've never stopped. It's 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 uh it's Shepherd's Pie Gate <laughs> <laughs> from the Norman Conquest onward. Uh but yeah, so Prince Andrew would of course be accused of participating in this, but um Jeslyn Maxwell is she's also friends with Donald Trump. This is how Jeffrey Epstein gets access to Mar-a-Lago. And we've mentioned Virginia Roberts. She was age 15. She was working as a changing room assistant at Mar-a-Lago. And there are uh, videos with Prince Andrew with his arm around Virginia Roberts. Really? It's yeah. a child. As yeah. It's horrifying. Yeah. Um, but so, uh, Jeslyn Maxwell essentially meets her in this changing room and she offers to train her as a massage therapist, which of course means according to Virginia Roberts sworn affidavit, uh, Jeslyn Maxwell brings her to Jeffrey Epstein's house where they both sexually assault her. Um, and this continues for, I believe three years. She essentially ends up being trafficked by Epstein, uh, according to her sworn testimony or sworn affidavit was made to have sex with Prince Andrew and... Alan Dershowitz, allegedly. I don't know. He's litigious about that one. I don't know. I'm. 
He's threatening to sue everybody, but I don't think he wants a discovery phase. Come on. <laughs> I think he's full of shit on that. Yeah. I, I think he's there, so much has come out now that he can't sue everybody. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. Yeah. Who are you going to sue, dude? Everyone knows. <laughs> um, I have to say, though, that, yes. that, uh, that anybody, the, the idea that, that Trump had, was involved in this is, just seems very, very far-fetched. <laughs> <laughs> All you really have is the quote where he explicitly says that he is aware that Jeffrey Epstein uh, likes young girls. Yes. <laughs> and you have the fact that he founded a, a beauty pageant for the explicit purpose of doing Porky's-style hijinks <laughs> right, right. and oogling underage girls while they were tra- changing, which he just bragged about mm-hmm. <laughs> i don't think he's the kind of guy who would do anything no like i think he's actually conducting the secret investigation of all the pedophiles <laughs> and they're all going to go to jail soon and like so what the fuck happened in like the 2016 election there was like a jane doe who was alleging that when she was 13 right. yes guess, through donald trump that she was abused or through epstein she was abused by trump but and then she was going to have a press conference and didn't show up to it and then kind of withdrew her accusations. And then I haven't heard anything about it since then. Uh, yeah. One of the weirdest things about that is that when Trump got elected, the, the, all the pedophilia stopped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the judge explicitly said, because he's the president, you should seek a settlement, which is. That's weird. That's bad judging. <laughs> it's, he's just a. Uh, just offering some advice there. He's busy. He's got a lot on his plate. The master deal maker cuts another one. There's so many deals to be made. He's in prime deal making position. And you know what he was? Because remember, he finally settled the fucking Trump University right, lawsuit. Right. Yeah. So get him, get him while he's still looking to, to get things out of the headlines, I guess. Out of court settlement. NDA. Deal. Deal. Yep. Deal. Boom. So many deals. <laughs> Folks, we're making so many deals. No one's going to talk about all the uh, horrible shit we do. <laughs> But Jeslyn Maxwell is, again, kind of a horrifying uh, person. She's like a high-class Carla Homolka. Yeah. So, yes, and she attends Chelsea Clinton's wedding in 2010, which is so <laughs> weird. Again, this is... I love how we have all these these two parties who are opposed <laughs> to one another and certainly are not just a one giant disgusting fucking ruling class like in the movie Society <laughs> just getting together in a room where their bodies lose definition and they come into one giant sort of disgusting Jabba the Hut like <laughs> slithering blob and then they just feed young children through a chute into the blob and the blob just absorbs them in one end and then shoots them out covered in mucus and traumatized for life out of the other and then when they're done they just go into different parts again and then go on TV and yell about how each other is a pedophile (laughs) I love that it's great I love the two party system we have I mean, uh, Epstein, he's, he's a, a testament film. to bipartisanship. Like, Ken Starr <laughs> yeah, was one of, his, uh, <laughs> one of his defense attorneys. And uh, Ken, who, uh, you know, he took down Bill Clinton and also uh, had as a protege at Brett Kavanaugh. <laughs> yes, that's true. We need a return to bipartisanship in Washington, D.C. <laughs> yeah. The good old days. But yeah, it's like it's, it's like a weird thing where it's like so he uh, she attends Chelsea Clinton's wedding in 2010. There's allegations again unsubstantiated that she was the conduit through which Epstein continued to communicate with the Clintons. But it is just fucking weird where it's like, okay, you're at Chelsea Clinton's wedding. Did Chelsea Clinton invite you? Did Bill or Hillary invite you? I mean, you know, what's going on? Epstein of course had been a, a donor to the Clintons before 
that became politically incorrect to accept his money. Um, <laughs> but and then Jeslyn Maxwell is that she's like on some fa- she's founded some foundation that's all about saving the oceans. Yeah, she's she got did, a TEDx. Yeah, she did a TEDx talk in 2014. Couldn't get booked on regular TED. <laughs> she's. It's the foundation to clean the ocean of all the bodies that they dropped <laughs> from, from the bay of uh, flying over hel- airplanes over the years. A lot of trash has been yeah. ending up in the ocean. We got to clean it up yeah. the trash. From, from St. James Island. Yeah. From Eastern Europe. Um, but so, you know, and, and this kind of like brings us to the thing where, again, this is where in the 90s where these allegations start. Jeslyn Maxwell is, is allegedly recruiting for Jeffrey Epstein. Including at and, Mar-a-Lago. Yes. Uh, <laughs> right. Yes. And so this Palm Beach case, which we mentioned earlier, essentially the Palm Beach PD find that from 2001 to 2006, they identify 47 minors uh, molested and raped at his Palm Beach mansion. Uh, two, two of them said that they were actually like physically raped. But and, the, and keep in mind, this is Epstein has several properties in Manhattan. Yes, this is just Palm island. Beach. This is just Palm Beach, right? And these are just the ones that the law enforcement was able to confirm. Mm-hmm. And so this this uh, the state attorney Barry Kreischer, Kreischer he stop, stops returning calls from the detectives. You know they get suspicious as Which we is, mentioned. You know, what you do as a state attorney right, is. Right. You stop uh, returning calls from the guy investigating the case you're prosecuting. Uh, so he kicks it up to, or he tr- the d- detective tries to get the FBI involved. Alex Acosta, again, current labor secretary, then U.S. attorney in charge, uh, gives Jeffrey Epstein almost immediately this non-prosecution agreement. There's these the emails between the prosecution and Acosta, which are essentially saying, "Hey, how do we? Let's make sure to keep this out of the press." You know, we'll yeah, because make sure- there's one thing that that. Uh- the politically ambitious prosecutors hate is <laughs> high-profile <laughs> sexual assault <laughs> uh, uh, cases involving uh, high-profile characters. Like yes. that's the kind of thing that you don't want to have your hands <laughs> right, on right. if you want to build a reputation for yourself as tough on crime and mm-hmm. become, uh, you know, higher up in the political, <laughs> uh, become attorney general or something. You don't want that. No, you got to keep that stuff quiet. <laughs> <laughs> the oh. thing about this is, is that this case, like. So they had all this. He was dead to rights. They could have put him under the prison for the rest of his life. Right. Mm -hmm. And then they made a plea deal with him, which, and you look at the way that it was negotiated, was basically everything, the entire uh, settlement was, was, uh, the the terms of it were presented by the the defense attorneys. Mm -hmm. And the prosecution just said, okay, you got a deal. And when that happens, usually you get something. And traditionally, in a case like this, you get, leniency in exchange for naming your co-conspirators in this case it really looks like they gave him immunity to not name any of his (laughs) (laughs) co-conspirators like that was the quid pro quo was we'll give you a sweetheart deal in exchange for you not releasing any of these tapes or not telling anybody about any of the people who you had in your place I mean, what? Uh, it's the only thing that makes sense. It's the only explanation <laughs> yeah. for the, these guys just deciding to go insanely easy, violating federal law oh, yes. to give him a deal when they had him fucking done for. It was not like this was a, an iffy case that they might, that they were like, well, we don't want to roll the dice. We want to make sure we get him. He was done for. And then they say, not only you're okay, we're not going to, we're going to give you this light sentence, but anybody unnamed. Yes. Anybody who might have done anything associated with you who we don't even know is preemptively uh, uh, immune. And that is just, that's so comically, obviously crooked right. that it really tells you that, oh, yeah, 
the only thing that makes sense here, not, you don't have to be conspiracy theory, you don't have to think there's dungeons and pizza restaurants, is that he had information about incredibly powerful people, mm-hmm. and those people had more sway over the prosecutors and the, and the FBI than any concept of the law or even concern for public opinion would. Yep. Right, and like, and the other thing is Alex Acosta again, current, Trump's current labor secretary, is appointed by George W. Bush. He's supposedly a Republican U.S. attorney investigating a prominent Democrat donor. Yeah. This like, like this is this is catnip. Right, this is the kind of thing that makes your career. And for some reason, they can't touch it. It's a hot potato. There was also a um, in the uh, Patterson book an unnamed uh, Democratic politician who contacted the chief of police telling him to back off repeatedly what? to the point where the chief of police had to say, uh, this is illegal. Stop <laughs> it. Oh my God. An anonymous Democrat politician who kept talking about how he feels the chief of police is pain. And, uh, <laughs> could the uh, prosecutors themselves be a part of the Epstein ring? You think, uh. <laughs> like I mean like that to me makes the most sense like oh if we nail this guy for everything he knows we're gonna get fucked too so we might as well say hey you can't name anyone as well I mean like, that's the thing is what's so staring disturbing about it is it doesn't they don't have to like like right. uh, power is 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 display distributed in such a way that your career if you care about your career you, they have an ability to determine your actions regardless of your personal culpability you know like these guys they might not have anything on them they don't have to have a blackmail file on you they just have to know that you want to get another better job and look at fucking acosta he's a goddamn in the cabinet now it worked for him he made the right call from a career (laughs) perspective he made the correct rational self-interested bayesian choice or whatever the hell Mm -hmm. to to do that and 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 regardless of whether he he was trying to cover something up that he had something to do with or he just wanted to keep advancing uh that's all it took and so like that's what's that's the thing is not only do you have all these prosecutors and cops either looking the other way or or cutting this deal but all the people who knew about it while it was happening all the people who worked with and around Epstein who knew it was happening and didn't have anything to do with it weren't weren't part of the of the yellow king circle didn't didn't have a passport to carcosa yeah all you need you don't even need that's the thing it's you all you need is at the very top enough, the, the all you need is the the perversions to be concentrated high enough at the top that all you need to keep that uh secret is not some cascading level of like cthulhu worship you just need people wanting to be More. ambitious mm-hmm. and want to want their careers to get better, and then they, that will do the rest. Yeah, that's pretty horrifying. And and like so, and just in what uh, on Matt was saying on like, did they get anything out of this? As far as like what we know, this Miami Herald long piece, the only thing they found was essentially. Then this is a weird thing that I learned is Jeffrey Epstein was a key federal witness in the only criminal prosecution they tried against Wall Street. They tried to indict two uh, senior Bear Stearns executives. They were eventually found not guilty, and then nobody else was held accountable. And apparently, Jeffrey Epstein was a federal witness in this. So. You know, the immunity was worth it because we put all those bankers in jail <laughs> with his testimony. Yeah. No, that definitely feels like a post-facto thing. Right. If everyone looks to... into this, yeah. we have to have some explanation for why we gave him this deal. And it's like, well, these guys, they, you know, they would have still not gone to jail if it hadn't been for him. <laughs> it, was, it was incredible testimony. 
And so just like other stuff from the trial, Alan Dershowitz was, of course, uh, one of Epstein's attorneys along with Ken Starr. Allegedly. Alan Dershowitz um, submits the MySpace quizzes of some of the victims as evidence. (laughs) Really? uh, Yeah. uh, Apparently, Alan Dershowitz showed that when one of the victims, MySpaces, under the the quiz she wrote, ever drank? Yes. Ever smoked pot? Yeah. Uh, Ever skinny dipped? Yeah. (laughs) And then the fucking uh, state attorney, they call a grand jury, which is apparently like not usual in these kinds of cases, according to the Patterson book. But the state attorney or the lawyers grill the victim about her MySpace page in this fucking uh, 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 deposition. And it's just really weird where, again, this is a child trafficking victim. You know, being her MySpace grill. Yeah, because because she wrote, "Yes, I've smoked right. pot on my fucking." We've MySpace noticed stuff page. in your top eight that's really yeah. suspicious. <laughs> Jesus, hey, have, you, have you talked to Tom? <laughs> <laughs> Did Tom want you to do anything? Mm-hmm. Wow, Tom gives your character a thumbs down. <laughs> the other one, the other really really unusual prosecutorial behavior, and this wasn't even in Florida, is that after epstein does his incredibly light sentence where he got to be furloughed six days a week and Mm -hmm. just spend nights in the jail not even the prison in the fucking jail Mm -hmm. and he got back to new york and he had to register as a sex offender um he then with the balls of stone tries to appeal his uh his status that he's argue that he doesn't have to get it renewed and who argues on his behalf in front of the court is one of cy vance's manhattan ada's (laughs) The fucking ADA says, you know, come on, judge, like, he's not going to, he's fine. Look at him. Wow. Like, where the fuck does that come from? Like, whoa. And of course, Cy Vance, famous for looking the other way for Weinstein and mm-hmm. fucking Ivanka mm-hmm. and Jared, just mm-hmm. whose job, he is just the, the Renfield for every fucking crooked piece of shit on that island. Right. Yeah. Unless you're like a homeless guy with a job. Oh, yeah. Then, then you're, you're five fucked. years in Rikers yeah. Island. Yeah. Tough on crime. Yeah. 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 You got a gravity knife, buddy. You're done for. <laughs> yeah, you're a serial rapist, but you know, you, you don't jump the turnstile. Yeah. And just like one other anecdote from this Patterson book about the justice system in Florida. In 2013, a Florida man got 10-year mandatory minimum for sexting with a cop pretending to be a (laughs) (laughs) 15-year-old. And again, you know, this is like... Oh, my God. Likely hundreds of cases of just child rape and abuse. And, you know... um, well, I mean, the real lesson here is if you have those kind of proclivities, uh, you know, start day trading. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, build up, build up a nest egg, uh, get your license, get your broker's yeah. license, come to come here, yeah. come get to in Manhattan, yeah, yeah, make and then, friends and videotape, yeah, uh, exactly what they're doing, mm-hmm. yeah, go mm-hmm. to parties, just keep it under wraps until you hit the seven figure uh, net worth minimum, and then yeah. you can start start going to town. I like to think the feds heard that he worked at Bear Stearns and then drafted the non-prosecution agreement out of habit. Um, but so I, I guess it just like the time we have left there, there is like one other case that's or one other part of this story that's pretty horrifying that I just wanted to kind of go just through one here. well <laughs> of what we know are, are we not going to have time to talk about uh, Deep Dershowitz uh, pizza we, we might have a, a couple Maybe. minutes but but I do <laughs> I do just want to ta- talk about <laughs> last night I just texted Sean hey Sean hey Sean hey Sean Deep Dersh Pizza <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so John Luke Brunel was a, um, a modeling scout and owner of a modeling agency. He was in 1988 accused in a 60 Minutes program of uh, drugging and raping multiple models. He's been accused by models of again drugging their drinks, raping them, and you know it's a 
shady fucking guy. Uh, he opens a modeling agency called Karen, uh, K-A-R-I-N. Epstein, in 2004 or 2005, invests $1 to $2 million in it and gets him to change the name to MC2 Modeling Agency, mm-hmm. as in E equals MC squared, you know, physics. And he fucking loves science. <laughs> that is <Yeah>. true. <laughs> he does. He's given tons of money yeah. to Harvard yeah. and stuff for their for their neuro- neurology or neuro- neuroscience departments and stuff. He, yeah, he fucking loves science. Research. No, here's... Yeah. here's, that's, here's where, that's I mean, that's what Steve Pinker would tell you about why he was on the plane. Huh, well, we were just talking about science. Yeah. Here's here's where it gets really fucked up is one of the guys that he brought on the plane to his island is uh, Murray Gelman, uh, who is a Nobel Prize winning physicist and also the guy who coined the term quarks to mm-hmm. describe the subatomic particles and mm-hmm. is the father of quantum chromodynamics. He's tied up in the Epstein thing and was like a good friend of him and talked about how great it was that Epstein always had these beautiful women around him all the time. He was picking his brain to figure out a way that they could they could use like the Hadron Collider to create women of negative age. <laughs> <laughs> also, nice. yes, he is the wanna, father of Hadrons as a concept. Is there a negative 14-year-old that I could... <laughs> <laughs> could possibly be involved in, a, in, in, in the string dimension or something. That'd be nice. You go to the, the I fucking love science Facebook page and you post the photo right, of uh, right. Stephen Hawking and Jeffrey Epstein's submarine and just see if anybody notices. <laughs> <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein loves physics. Uh, all right, so... The, the point here is that they set up this MC2 modeling agency, either 2004 or 2005, and then By according... The way, we, we tried to find videos. Apparently, there used to, you, Epstein used to have videos where he describes theoretical physics. We tried to find these videos. They're not online. If anymore. our listeners can find them, please send them to yeah. us. Would you describe the universe as egg-shaped? <laughs> <laughs> if a 14-year-old girl is in a box with an egg-shaped penis... Uh. Uh, you don't know if she's molested until you open it. <laughs> so basically, according to this complaint filed in a U.S. District Court in Florida, uh, Epstein and this guy, Jean-Luc Brunel, quote, deliberately engaged in a pattern of racketeering that involved luring minor children through the uh, MC2 modeling agency, mostly girls under the age of 17, to engage in sexual play for money. Basically, they would get girls from out of the country, many of whom didn't speak English, and they would lure, get them into the United States on uh, visas to work as models. On the promise know, of a modeling contract. Right. And then once they were there, they would be staying in condos that just happened to be owned by Jeffrey Epstein, and uh, they would be charged, quote, rent, which meant they would be prostituted. I mean, that's classic child. Yeah. You know, that's classic trafficking right. is you bring someone in, and then they're staying at your place, and then you make them pay rent by trafficking their services. And uh, for what it's worth, John luc Burnell would actually stay at Epstein's Palm Beach mansion for the time that he was incarcerated. Uh, so, you know, it's just kind of like horrifying, uh, all of the stuff that, that's not part of just the Palm Beach, uh, uh criminal right. case that we're talking about. By the way, the parallels with the, uh, recent, um, R. Kelly documentary are also kind of stunning that it seems like once a, like these pedophiles get powerful enough, they just have these live in <laughs> sex become... slaves, uh, and they, they both just... can't read. They become the bank. Yeah. <laughs> But um, so basically, and then uh, uh, one other thing, and then we can talk about uh, with the time we have left, the future. But essentially, uh, Epstein, <laughs> what's going to happen next? 
But Epstein owns what's called Little St. James Island in the U.S. Virgin Islands. According to The Guardian, for a time, the wife of the governor of the U.S. Virgin Islands was managing two companies that Epstein set up there. Mm-hmm. Um, so he owns this. And then according to Virginia Roberts, it's like secluded. They would have, according to Virginia Roberts, they would have child orgies there because this is a 70-acre island that's totally secluded uh, that, you know, nobody really knows what's going on there. And that uh, not except the locals who coined the term for his airplane, <laughs> um, the Lolita Express. Yes. And uh, I, I did just want to mention, if you Google the little St. James Island, you will learn that people will leave Google reviews for the little St. <laughs> James really? Island. And the little St. James Island has 1.2 stars out of five. And I just wanted to share two of these with you. Uh, quote, I am leaving this review for the children that never got to leave pedophile oh islands. My God. <laughs> one star. <laughs> and then another one is there is enough operators and, pa- and patriots that should infiltrate this island and, <laughs> and end the horror for these young people. Surveillance till more are on the island. Okay, that would rule. <laughs> <laughs> just those. That's a, that's the real move. Forget right. going to the comet ping pong. Just get a cigarette boat full of your army buddies and try to go out there. <laughs> what, uh, we, we thought this was a Chuck E. Cheese one star. <laughs> <laughs> the country bear band came alive. <laughs> But yes, so you know that's uh, the the direct action you can take is to leave one star reviews <laughs> for Epstein's pedophile island. That would be the John Oliver segment on yeah, the, the right, pedophile. Right, right, right. <laughs> you can go to Google and leave a one star review, <laughs> so people don't go to his private island. But I mean, essentially, like the future here is there's there's one civil case that's ongoing as of as of this recording, which is basically. Uh, because of this, this uh, non-prosecution agreement uh, violates um, what was called the Crime Victims' Rights Act. Which, right, because they yeah. kept it from the victims. They kept the, the, the terms of the deal from the victims. They didn't know about it before it had been carried out, mm-hmm. which violated this law. Right. So because it violated this law, there's this ongoing civil case, and they're essentially trying to get the non-prosecution agreement thrown out which would allow Epstein to be charged right. again, you know, federally uh, for whatever on the statute, wh- wherever the statute of limitation hasn't expired or, or whatever else. But the point is this, this case is ongoing as of, as of this moment, but it is just something where it's like, I guess we'll just keep our eyes out because either more stuff comes out or this just kind of goes away. Like in, um, in uh, Alex Acosta's uh, Senate hearings for when he became labor secretary, a couple people brought this up. I think Dianne Feinstein briefly, but it just wasn't kind of pressed. It was, you know, 60 some senators voted for the guy. And then he said, oh, you know, it's better. We got two years acting like, you know, it was hard to get more than that or something. So uh, I guess just like in the future, uh, We'll see if he has enough to just uh, make the political establishment or the elite businessmen or whoever else consolidate themselves behind him. Or he'll, or he'll, uh, he'll, you know, just show up uh, dead somewhere. Like, uh, <laughs> yes, right. Like he's uh, I was like autoerotic asphyxiation <laughs> while watching Hannah Montana reruns or something. <laughs> I'm I'm sure he's got like a dead man's switch though. On right. he should. I if was he, thinking if about that. If he's smart, he does. Which means that, yeah, I mean, if they if they take him down, he might decide to just press it. Well, like, he's a brain yeah. scientist. He is. <laughs> Imagine models being like, I don't want to go to your island. I looked at the Yelp review. <laughs> <laughs> 
lot of one stars on there. <laughs> Andy, you have that drop of like the, uh, the I address. This drop. I saw everything, yeah. I mean, I'm sorry. He is circumcised. My bad. He's circumcised. 110% sure. <laughs> As a matter of fact, he has some sort of birth defect on his thing. Um, it's like a teardrop, like a drop of water. It's really fat at the bottom and skinny at the top where it's attached. And he never gets fully hard, ever. I was thinking about the one with all the addresses. <laughs> There's like, so, yeah. The, what a chilling drop to just bring <laughs> on it. I got one more, oh, too. Man. It should be the teaser. I loaded up three drops describing uh, Jeffrey Epstein's God, penis. I'm so happy you let us know. There's another one. Before you displayed it for us, it's more but of a threat. You have the names and addresses poll, or uh, just like the list. I have list the names of... one, I, but we already played it. Oh, we already played. Yeah, that, with like yeah. Bill Richardson and Bill, uh, yeah, yeah, Bill yeah. Richardson. Which okay. I, I love that. Just the wet blanket from two thousand eight. Wearing a bolo tie. Right. <laughs> According to Vanity Fair, again, this proves nothing. But billionaire, this is the article that came out before he was outed as a sex predator. Uh, billionaire Ronald Perlman was a frequent dinner guest. Uh, billionaire Leon Not Black. Ronald Perlman. Uh, Ronald Perlman. Yeah, the guy from Hellboy. Not Perlman. Ronald Perlman. I don't know. Uh, I, I checked. Yeah. Uh, billionaire Leon Black, frequent dinner guest, Donald Trump, of course, Woody Allen. And, and so, you know, it's just like if you spend enough time Googling, you can tangentially connect him to so many people that it's you know, five it's very degrees scary. of Epstein. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he does not drink or smoke tobacco. Oh, good. There's but, uh, six degrees of. If you want to have a, a complete breakfast, you need six degrees of Kevin Bacon <laughs> and then the six degrees of the egg. <laughs> <laughs> But um, I guess, uh, Matt, uh, are there things we didn't get to where you're kind of closing thoughts on this man? Uh, no, I think we were pretty thorough. This is good. A lot of good research you guys did, which I'm, of course, totally unwilling to do due to <laughs> congenital laziness. But uh, it's really always <laughs> horrifying just to, to lay it out and see the just lack of any, on his part, concern, his entirety of him doing it. Being willing to just put out a, a net of hundreds of girls and saying, like, yeah, there's no way I'm going to get in trouble for this. And then you're like, you idiot, of course you are. And that's like, no, he was right. He was right. <laughs> he in, in any meaningful sense, no, he wasn't going to get in trouble for this. And it just tells you, yeah, there's a, there's a whole other strata up there. Mm. They do what they want to do. And yeah, there's a reference earlier to Kubrick. I mean, um, there is a whole theory that Eyes Wide Shut is based on stuff that he was directly uh, familiar with right, from right. his exposure to the uh, the upper crust who he rubbed elbows with, especially mm. in where? The United Kingdom that he lived <laughs> in for years, where they invented the practice. I mean, the, the last, I mean, the last prime minister, David Cameron, mm. uh, admitted basically that uh, when he was uh, in, in the fourth form or whatever, he put his dick in a dead pig's mouth. <laughs> Uh, and we know that uh, the skull and bones for many years, the initiation ritual involved lying in a coffin naked and jacking off while listing your sexual history. Jesus. Uh, and it just makes sense. You know, it's like the ruling class is it's a class. And that means not only that they share uh, economic interests, but they have a social milieu and they have a they have rituals of, of bonding, like, you know, going to, to, to Buffalo Wild Wings and watching a football game only. You know, the wild wings are uh, adrenochrome uh, snacks that came from the came of brains of the children. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Yeah, and then like the Miami Herald, which wrote this great long piece, their current campaign, which I think is kind of hopeless, is they're trying to get the Senate to pass a bill which would allow the Inspector General to investigate Alex Acosta's role in this. And, you know, getting the Senate to do anything, much less <laughs> expose the pedophile cover-up, yeah. I think is kind of a long shot. But yeah, I don't know. think you're going to get a supermajority of people who aren't entangled with that. <laughs> <laughs> Two-thirds of the Senate yeah. who are not. Um, but And then, again, there's still a lot of sealed documents in, like, uh, the Virginia Roberts case. Like, uh, one of her cases was settled, and there's uh, uh, sealed documents related to that. So there's just a lot of open questions about what's in these sealed documents. And maybe we'll all get to learn within the next five or ten years, or, or <laughs> maybe everything goes away, and then yeah. we don't talk about it again. <laughs> I think the only way you're going to really get to the bottom of it is if you give uh, a random person a billion dollars. Somebody who had no connection to the wealthy mm-hmm. at all, and then you're like, all right, you have a billion dollars now. No one can take it from you. You are set forever. Your family is now super wealthy. And now you can go and you can bring down the the pedophiles, and then like he can create his own sort of anti pedo Pinkertons right, right. <laughs> to go to town and investigate it and reveal it to the public, uh, because that's the only way it would happen is a countervailing force of of vast wealth being able to circumvent the obviously cr- compromised formal channels of justice. <laughs> I mean, I, I would say it would probably be um, the uh, fastest turnover from buying a Gulfstream to having a sudden uh, high altitude depressurization. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. It's like, oh, this idiot, he left the dipstick in. (laughs) Of course it was going to fall, crash out of the sky somehow. Sometimes limos explode. Yeah. All right. Any other closing thoughts we didn't get to? Um, Yes. Allison explained that Epstein's penis was deformed. She explained that his penis was oval-shaped. She claimed when Epstein's penis was erect, it was thick toward the bottom, but was thin and small toward the head portion. She called Epstein's penis egg-shaped. You're never going to think of balloon clowns the same way. (laughs) Uh, Or omelets. Um, but uh, uh, Matt Chrisman, uh, again, my, obviously my favorite podcast, Chapo Trap House. I want to thank you sincerely for coming and doing yeah, this with us. So much, and, um, you know, obviously, if you're listening to this, you probably listen to Chapo. But if you don't, check them out. Is there anything else you'd like to advertise or tell the people or anything, Matt? Uh, no, just stay away from St. James Island. <laughs> <laughs> I hear that the reviews are very bad. And what is it? The house on uh, something way? Oh yeah, his, uh, Umbria Way. Uh, yeah, his is man. how the all the kids. He uh, also has a giant ranch in New Mexico. It also, according to Virginia Roberts, Dershowitz abused her there. Yeah. Um, so Just, stay. Google the reviews right, of right. the property that you're going to stay Never at. Never give a billionaire a massage. <laughs> yeah, mushrooms good, eggs bad. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, I'm Yogi Paul. I'm Sean McCarthy. I'm Andy Palmer. Steve Jeffers. All right. Thank you for listening, and thanks again to our guest Matt Crispin. No way. 
I can't believe this! Until we meet again!